It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What is going on, guys? Back with another Locked On Wizards episode, your boy D and Ed. Today, we have a mailbag question for you guys. You got some questions about should Bradley Bill get the max? Questions about Rui Hachimura? Should we have kept Garrison Matthews? Spencer Dinwiddie, of course. Got some interesting things, guys. So let's get right into it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, guys? It is your boy, D and Ed, back at you with another Locked On Wizards podcast episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Wizards your first listen each and every day. So, it mailbag time, man. Uh, Rui Hachimura, let's start off with him. Yes, sir. So, this is from Omer Azule. He uh, submitted this question on YouTube. He says, uh, when Rui is back, we will have too much depth at the forward position, in my opinion. And right now, we don't have a true point guard. I think a trade is needed. But who do you give Kuzma, KCP, Denny, Rui, Bertans, Kispert? What do you think? So uh, it sounds like Omer is asking, you know, who do you trade or who are the tradable assets? Um, So I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, well, I think Rui is a little tougher if, to move in general because of just his stat, status right now. I mean, it's so up in the air. Who knows? And I don't know if a team is willing to take that risk on trading for Rui Hachimura right now. As far as everybody else, I think everybody else could possibly be up for grabs. I mean, depending on what caliber guy you're talking about bringing in. If you're talking about bringing in a Carl Anthony Towns level, then... Kuzma, Denny, all could be like those two right there could be, you know, your main assets in that trade that could be moved out. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to moving anybody. Honestly, if it meant if it meant getting a star here, you know, a Carl Anthony Towns type of level type level player here. Anybody else like anybody in a, like that tier below. I would say I, w- I would want to keep Denny and Rui, but Kuzma, KCP, Bertans, definitely, but who knows who wants to trade for Bertans still currently on his contract with his level of play. I mean, I would be a little less willing to give up on Denny or Rui. That would be a little tougher for me, but if you're talking about bringing in a star player, I mean, I'm willing to make moves, man. I'm willing to take risks. Yeah, um, this is a good question. Um, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's too early. You know, the trade deadline is February 10th. 
Mm-hmm. Um, out of all the guys, like you said, I mean, it's almost to the point where nobody is untouchable at the moment. I mean, you do want to see Denny develop. You want to see Rui develop. You know, Rui hasn't even got a chance to play a game yet, and Denny has shown potential and flashes. He's been a really good defender, and he's been a solid playmaker at times, and um, he has knocked down a couple threes. You just want to see him make his layups more and finish around the basket stronger. Um, but, yeah, Kuz, um, he is a tradable asset. I, I like what I see from Kuz so far. I mean, he's questionable for the game against the uh, Kings tomorrow night. Uh, Bertans, of course, if you can move him, go ahead and move him, but we know it's going to be very hard to move him with, you know, $16 million per year. Corey Kisper, we just drafted him. So, um, you know, he hasn't really got a chance to develop at all. But um, out of all the guys, I mean, honestly, um, if they keep playing like this, then it could, it could be it could be blow it up mode and, and very quickly if they keep losing by 20, 25, 30 points or getting down by 30 points. Nobody. We don't we won't really want to keep anybody if they keep playing bad like this. Um, but, yeah, it's it's still early, like I keep saying. Let's 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 reevaluate around February first. I'll I'll say that. But no, this, this this is a valid question. It is a valid question. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think they might need to switch things up too. To be honest with you, and um, if they want to be a competitor, like you said, try to bring in a guy like a Carl Anthony Towns, or um, you know, maybe even a, a Jalen Brown or. Um, Damian Lillard, we'll see what happens with the Blazers. I don't think that's realistic either. But um, Carl Towns, he sounded pretty upset um, the other day. De'Aaron Fox has actually made some comments um, the other day too, but I don't see any way we we, we could really get him either. Um, and then, of course, the big list for Ben Simmons. So, um, And I know a lot of people don't want Ben Simmons either. So it, it will be interesting. There's a lot of room. And then, of course, all the Pacers guys. You know, what would it take to get us a bonus here? You're probably going to have to package a Montrez. You're probably going to have to package a, a Kuz and uh, guys like that. Um, but, yeah, but Kispert, it's kind of early. But if, if you're able to upgrade, and get, like like you said, get a call, get a call Towns or get a DeMontis Sabonis, guys who, who dominate in the paint and can score 30 points, 20 and 10 every night, then, yeah, you might have to package one of the young guys and, and, and include them in a trade. Yeah, like you said, I mean, it's all about the level of player. Like, for example, Sabonis, I don't know how much he truly moves the needle as far as the Wizards being like a actual legitimate, legitimate contender. So mm-hmm. I'd be a little more like iffy about moving a guy like Denny or Rui. But if you're talking about a guy like I keep going back to because I feel like that's the most realistic target, um, Carl Anthony Towns, who is, I feel like is a top three center in the NBA. I mean, I wouldn't have an issue, you know, packaging some guys, packaging some of the young guys, et cetera, because you got to take those risks if you really want to make some noise, you know. So other than that, I mean, outside of Diddy and or Rui, I wouldn't mind packaging any of these guys. Yeah, and I know there's rumors about Cam Reddish. A lot of people like Cam Reddish, but they want a first-round pick. So that wouldn't be the answer to Omer's question, but that's something I would low key keep an eye on. I it's it's just very hard to tell who we would trade for. But like I said, the, the big like you said too, the big targets is probably Cat and Sabonis, and um, that's really it right now. But like you said, it, it has to be a big name. It has to be a big name that can really help this team to put Denny and Rui in, in, in a trade. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, as far as our next question, 
is we're going to get into Rui again. It's a back-to-back Rui question from Mike Mahalilidis. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. I apologize (laughs) for that. He says, is Rui going to be back before the end of the year? And how do you guys see him producing for us? Yeah, it's just something that we don't have an answer to. It sounds like Wes Until Jr. and Tommy Shepard don't really have an answer to it either. He's not on the West Coast road trip. And um, they said there was a report saying that he's not because uh, somebody tested positive for the virus. Um, you know, Kyle, that was Kyle Kuzma. So um, it's December, what, 14? So um, honestly, I don't want to guess and speculate, but I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, the, the good sign is that he's on the bench. Chase Hughes was on the show last week. He said that, you know, Rui hasn't even done five on five yet. He's been doing a lot of shoot arounds. He's looked good shooting the three. He looks in shape. That's the best thing about it because, you know, there was the rumors about him being, um, you know, not not skinny, but, you know, looked like he lost weight and whatnot. So uh, the videos that I saw, he looked good. He looked like the same Rui in, in the street clothes. He looked like the same Rui from last year. But I, I just wouldn't be able to answer that question because every time, you know, we feel like he's on his way back, there's, you know, it's like, He's not doing three on three. He's not doing five on five. He's not doing this yet. So it's like gradual, small steps, you know, where I don't know who's going to be back first. Is it going to be Thomas Bryant or is it going to be uh, Rui? We, we just don't know right now. We really don't. And how do I see him producing for us? I see him being solid, um, but, but you know, my expectations aren't super, super high because, you know, we've already played 27 games and he's behind the eight ball. And, you know, you talk about the offense. Guys are struggling with his offense right now. So it's, it's not going to be easy for him to come back. But I, I think he'll be fine because the way he plays, he's just athletic. He can shoot the jumper. He can shoot the mid-range game. So I think he'll be fine. And if, if people are saying his jumper is better, then maybe he could help out our three-point shooting. And also, he's just athletic. And he's going to be pushing for one thing. He's one of the guys that is going to help our pace. He's not going to be dribbling the ball at the court. But he's a guy that is better when we run because you saw him last year dunking on Anthony Davis. You saw him dunking on Tobias Harris. That those plays were when we were running up and down the court. You know, that wasn't in a half-court set, even though he's capable of dunking on guys in a half-court set too. But he he his it's a benefit to his game when we do run, when we do push the pace. That does help Rui out, and I think that will help our, our offense out as well. So if I had to put a points per game on, I'd probably put around, you know, 12. He averages 30, he averaged 13 points last year, averaged 13 points his rookie year. Um, so I would say around that, I'm not, I'm not expecting him to go out there and score 25, 20 points, 18 points a game. I, I would just, I would say 13. I do want to see him rebound the ball. And, uh, I said this last time, learn from Kuzma on, on the rebound. I think he can rebound the ball just as much as Kuzma. I want to see more double doubles when he does play. Um, so I'm, I'm, if I had to put a number, I would say probably like 12 and five and a couple of mid range shots, a couple of dunks, and then maybe one or two threes per game. And I want to see him defend well too, because he's a capable defender. Um, is he going to be back before the end of the year? I think so. I mean, I feel like maybe late December, like some more, a couple more weeks. I think he will see him. So technically before the end of the year, um, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. It's a little, everything is like a new update. So I don't really know at this point what's really going on with us, with that situation in general, but it does seem like he continues to ramp it up. So hopefully late December we'll get to see him. How do I see him producing? I think eventually when he gets his groove going, you know, he gets the mid-range going. Hopefully we both want to see an improved three-point shot from him. And then him improving on that three-point percentage. 
from his rookie year and from his second year, second year into his third year. We want to see improvement there. I mean, defensively, I, I got expectations for him because there was a span last year where Rui Hachimura on the West Coast trip, he was guarding guys like LeBron, Damian Lillard. It, it was tough, and he was doing a really good job on these guys. So defensively, I'm hoping to see Rui help impact the team and possibly help the Wizards get back into that you know, top defensive range again instead of where they've regressed to now. Offensively, I mean, I just hope he continues to just expand his game as far as beyond the three-point line. But, you know, know your game. His game is that mid-range. His game is that bread and butter. Be aggressive. Don't sit back (laughs) because we've seen certain players not be aggressive. So we want to see him come in and be aggressive and, you know, get himself back in seat and just work, man. You know, the team needs him. Yeah. Um like you're saying with the three point shot and uh, ball handling, he he's a, he's a low key, he's an underrated ball handler. He actually has some post moves and some some ball handling moves, some step backs that he did last year. I was watching some of his highlights, so I'm I'm intrigued to see if he added something to his game too. The aggressiveness in the Olympics too, him being a number one option. Hopefully that can translate to the aggressiveness because we want to see more aggressiveness. You know that was one of the knocks on Rui. His first and second year is that he will have he'll have some aggressive games for five games straight, and then he'll have three or four games where it's like you know you're not coming to the ball, you're not being aggressive to the basketball, you're not posting up hard, you're not doing this hard. So that's when I want to see the consistent aggressiveness and that mindset because you know he's coming back from you know mental uh, needed a mental health break. So we'll see how how he is mentally on the court. Of course, that's going to be um, something to look at too. So. Uh, but uh, we, we got a couple questions up about Spencer Dinwiddie. He's the man of the hour right now, but we'll get to a quick word from our sponsor. Yes, we will. We have a message from our friends over at Stans, founded in 2009. Stans Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity. Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in-style and self-expression because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a lifeless ordinary with stance. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It, uh, let's get more into it. Let's get back into these mailbag questions, man. Yes, sir. So this is from Peter Van Dixhorn. This is on YouTube again. He said, what's a bigger need? Spencer heating up or... Trez going back to early season Trez. 
Yeah. So I'll, I'll take this one first. Um, I, I would say Spence. Actually, this is this is a tough one. Actually, um, Spencer heating up or Trez going back to early season Trez. Uh, see, the thing is, the question was that's a good question because people were asked in the beginning, "Is this sustainable?" You know, Trez was a top ten MVP candidate at one time. You know, we all kind of knew. That wasn't going to last, but we just enjoyed the ride. You know, we just enjoyed him being a heart and soul of the team. Uh, the fans giving him MVP chance, him getting double doubles, him being a guardable in that paint, that Raptors game, the Pacers game, um, him being under the rim. There's like five guys around him. He just goes up and dunks the ball. He's only six foot seven. He's playing with energy. And then we know there's there's two sides of it. You know, there's the Lakers and Clippers treads where we saw why Frank Vogel sat him down in the fourth quarter. We saw why Doc Rivers sat him down in the fourth quarter in the playoffs. So we're starting to see some of those flaws. Him guarding Jokic was a mismatch. Him guarding Hassan Whiteside was a mismatch. Him guarding Gobert was a mismatch. So um, there's just going to be some up and down games. There's just going to be some games where it's Gafford's night, and there's going to be some games where it's Trez's night. And lately it's been the matchup has been better for, for Gafford. And then you get Thomas Bryant coming back. So there's going to be even less time for Montrez Hero. Now it's going to be three big split in time. So honestly, in my opinion, Spencer is the key to our success because we need a point guard that can facilitate and get guys going and motor guys. And Spencer's not a point guard. We're learning that even more and more. We, we kind of knew that with the Nets because he's a combo scoring guard. He's a guy that gets downhill mm-hmm. and creates contact and gets to the free throw line. He's not getting to the free throw line this year. He's not really shooting the ball much. He's not being aggressive. Um, there's, there's a stat where in the first, let me see if I can find the stat because, excuse me, he played really aggressive in the first game. So the first 12 games, he averaged 17 points per game, six assists, 42% from the field and 37% from the three. The last 12 games he's had, he's averaged nine points a game, four assists per game and 33% from the field and 27% from the three. So every number has gone down 27, 27% from the three is pretty bad. Bradley Bill's shooting around that percentage too. So both guys in the backboard. Are shooting under thirty percent from three, which is which is which is awful, which is really hurting the team. Um, and he, he's not getting guys open. Daniel Gafford is a guy that is is he needs somebody to feed him. He needs somebody to throw him a lob. He needs somebody to get him open, and we're lacking that. We need some of these guys like KCP needs somebody to sh- set him up for an open shot because KCP when he puts the ball on the floor, usually is, 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 it doesn't end well when he's jumping the ball too much. Same thing with Kuz. So we're really lacking a guard that can get guys open and push the pace. Our pace is too slow. We're not getting fast break points. We're a slow, methodical team. And offensively, we're struggling right now. We're not getting easy baskets. We're not getting easy easy anything. Everything is a struggle. Every bucket is a struggle. And some of that is on Spencer Dinwiddie. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's putting in a spot where he's not able to thrive because he's not a point guard. We're, we want him to be a point guard, but that's just not him. It's just not what he is. So the fit is not working out right now. I don't know what changed, but I don't know if it's injury or, or what, but he just looks so much better in the first half and that 10 and three start or the nine and three star. He looks just night and day. And then he obviously he plays better when Bradley Bill doesn't play. And now we see Aaron holiday playing better than him. Hollow Nettles playing better than him. Uh, every point guard on, on a team is playing better. He's getting out play like him. Campazzo. So it's just not looking good. He he said some things in press conferences. Wes Unsell Jr. last night, he said he wants Spencer to be more aggressive. He's called out Spencer a couple times. So I honestly think it's Spencer. And I had a long-winded answer, but it deserves a long-winded answer because it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch Spencer Dinwiddie pass up open shots. It's frustrating to watch watching him just you know shoot threes and settle 
and not be himself. And he's barely getting to the free throw line right now. And um, he, he's a guy where I feel like he should come off the bench right now. Seriously, really, he really should come off the bench because he um, it's night and day with Aaron Holiday's his playing and, and body language right now. It, it's just a huge difference right now. And Spencer, if he keeps playing like this, then we're, we're, we're barely going to win 32 games if, if he keeps playing like this because the slow starts are on Spencer. It, it is on Brad. It's not just Spencer. But it's a, it's a huge part to why we start off slow. It's a huge part of why we keep starting off down by 25, 30 points. Yeah, I would say 100% it's Spencer. <laughs> the Wizards need Spencer Dinwiddie to heat up badly because him being hot opens up the rest of the offense. And I've said this um, a decent amount of times. However long the Wizards' backcourt is bad is however long the Wizards are going to be bad. The Wizards' backcourt, and Spencer Dinwiddie specifically, I mean, they need him to be the guy that they brought him in that they thought they were going to get. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just been right. a lot of people have said that, and Wes said this too, like it's the you know new roster, new system, et cetera. And I agree, those are logical points. But my issue is it doesn't look like Spencer Dinwiddie is just going through just a lack of chemistry right now. Right now, he's looking like a shell of the player that he was in Brooklyn currently. Like, it's looking like not this, it's not even looking like the same player as far as their game style. Attacking the room is not happening. Getting to the free throw line is not happening. You know, it's looking like a completely different player. And that's not just strictly on chemistry. So, they need Spencer Dinwiddie to heat up like Trez being good was early on in the season was important. Like that was important, but Trez was just like, you know, hustle back to the basket, taking advantage of the mismatches. Spencer Dinwiddie is like orchestrating the offense because he's at the one, even though he's playing out of position. So they need him to really heat up. So I'm definitely going Spencer. Right. Yeah. He, we touched on this last night. Tommy worked his butt off to work this trade out. This was not an easy trade to execute. And that contract, three years, $62 million, um, it wasn't easy. Tommy pulled a lot of strings to make this thing happen or make this thing work. And um, right now he, he's not playing. like We saw it in Brooklyn where he came off the bench with Levert and D'Angelo Russell. So he's able to play with other guards. I don't want to hear that excuse that he, it's hard to play with Bradley Bill. You know, he's, he's capable of playing with other guards. And – Kyrie was hurt, and he played well without Kyrie. So, um, I, I I was I, I was happy when we signed Dinwiddie. I really thought he was going to be a big piece. So I'm not giving up just yet, but something has to change. And uh, I think the best for the team right now is to just see him come off the bench, in my opinion. But uh, the next couple of questions we got, we probably probably will get to um, Lloyd the Hooper asking about Bradley Bill, Stephen Nguyen, Stephen Stephen Nguyen. Thank you for your question. We'll probably get to that question on uh, on the next episode. And um, Daniel Roseman, Roseman on uh, YouTube asked about um, Rui and Thomas Bryant as well. We'll probably get to that question on the next episode. But we'll get to Bradley Bill next, a question about him, and then um, just talk about things that we want to see from against the Sacramento Kings. We play the Sacramento Kings tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, so I know a lot of you guys are going to be asleep. But we'll get to that preview, and we'll definitely recap that game for you guys tomorrow night. 
But I uh, just want to talk about Bet Online. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has, has you you're covered all season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action of the season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LUCK on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts. I hate to say it. Um, I want to say that the Eagles are a favorite by four and a half. And uh, watch football team. We're just dropping like flies due to due to the virus. So uh, that might be an easy one to bet on. Unfortunately, I hate to say it. And this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. So many flavors. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. I always put it in the fridge or I put it in the microwave for a couple of seconds just to give it an extra little zing. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calorie sugar, net carbs and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel. You need to bust down those mall doors and battle all of the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse. You never know when you're going to need it. Your friends with you friends with Santa. Well, tell Santa to throw a few Bill Bars in those stockings with so many flavors, they make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bill Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. There is all covered in chocolate that tastes good. That they're with protein. Go to Bill.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. All right, so D, uh, this last question here by our guy Lloyd the Hooper. Also, and then um, DC Croton Strouch on Twitter. He asked about Garrison Matthews. We'll get to that on the next episode as well. Um, so this one is from uh, Lloyd Lloyd the Hooper on Twitter. It's L L O O Y D underscore D A H O O P E R. He said, "Would you give Bradley Bill the supermax?" Question mark. Question mark. Personally, I wouldn't. Exclamation point. What's your take on this one, D? If if I were to give Brad the Supermax, I would have to have a plan in place, you know, to actually make a move and bring somebody in here. I can't just give Brad the Supermax with the expectation that he's going to be the number one guy. And I mean, I just don't see the Wizards really making big moves as a team with Bradley Bill as the number one guy, personally. Um, and do I think the Wizards are going to make that big move? Because that's what I'm basing the Supermax decision on, man. Um, for me, I, I don't know if they'll make that move. Just going off the pass, but this is this is a new GM with Tommy. I'm going to say the Wizards make a big move. So, yes, I would personally, because I think the Wizards will make a big move to go along with the Brad Supermax. Like I said, if they weren't, I wouldn't because it would be no point. I wouldn't see the Wizards being a championship contender if they just Supermax Bill and then didn't really make any big, exciting moves. 
I wouldn't see anything changing for the franchise. Yeah. Um, I was so bullish and optimistic. I'm starting to get a little pessimistic here. So um, I know Wizards social media right now, they're just going crazy about Bradley Bill. And nobody wants to give him a max deal. And honestly, the way he's playing, he does not deserve a max deal. So I'm, I'm kind of with Lloyd, to be honest with you right now. Um, if Bradley Bill keeps playing like this, um, I know the full body of work says max deal or whatever he's qualified for in the five-year, $242 million. Um, but right now, the way he's playing is not is not at that level. I mean, we both said, you know, Donovan Mitchell outplayed him two nights, three nights ago. Nikola Jokic outplayed him last night. He's been outplayed almost every night for the past two weeks. He hasn't shot the ball well. He's got career lows in three-point percentage. He's got a career. He's averaging career highs in turnovers. And he's second in clutch turnovers. Um, he's second in clutch turnovers behind Russell Westbrook. You know, the Detroit Pistons, they put that stat up when he had that terrible backcourt against the Detroit Pistons. So the way he's playing right now, I, I just can't do it. You know, but if you don't do it, then you don't want to just be left high and dry. And not and just you know let Bradley Bill leave. That would be catastrophic for the franchise too. So in best case scenario, would to be trade him before February tenth. So it's kind of like if you don't trade him, then yeah, you, you kind of do need to sign him because even if you do sign him to that max deal, he's still going to be tradable because everybody's like, oh, this guy's not tradable. John Wall's not tradable. His contract's not tradable. But we ended up trading him. Then people say Russell Westbrook, his contract's not tradable. We ended up trading him. So if we sign Bradley Bill and it doesn't work out after year one or year two, we've seen guys on big contracts. They got traded like a year or two after. We've seen it with Blake Griffin. We've seen it with numerous guys. I want to say James Harden might be a guy like that too who got the big contract and then he got traded like two years after. So that could be a, a case. That could be a scenario for Bradley Bill. So honestly, I'm, I'm kind of at the moment. Bradley Bill could go on a tear. We know he's capable of doing it. So he might go on a tear and average 33 points in the next 10 games. You just never know. So it's still early, and um, I just can't. Not the way he's playing right now. He's not playing like a leader right now. Um, I'm, I'm pretty underwhelmed with Bradley, but he's not a wants to be at the All-NBA level, the 2K rating level. He's not playing. He's not Bradley Bill basketball right now at the moment. He's just not. But um, thank you, Lloyd. Thank you guys for sending your questions, and we will get to the questions episode um, after the game back on Wednesday and Thursday, but what's your keys to victory against the Kings, and what are you looking for against the Kings tomorrow? Um, they got to get the offense going. Um, the Kings are towards the bottom of the league in defensive efficiency. They got to get something going offensively. They have to. If you can't get it against one of the lower teams, rated teams defensively in the NBA, then I don't know what to tell you. They got to get something going. You know, maybe Brad has a better game. Hopefully, this could be a wake-up call for Spence. I wouldn't be mad if Aaron Holiday drew the start in this game. I really wouldn't. I doubt he will. But I wouldn't be mad at that, to see a lineup switch in this game. Something has to wake this offense up. Something does. And defensively, they got to be able to defend the paint. They got to be able to defend the paint. And make life tough on Bagley, and also defend the three-point line because you got Buddy Hilde out there. you know. So you can't let him get hot. Like I said, with defending the paint, I mentioned Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes, De'Aaron Fox can get to the basket with ease. They got to make it tough for the Kings out there. They got to make it tough, and they got to play well offensively, or else the Kings will run them out of that building. 
Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Alex Lynn is playing too, so it's going to be a, a reunion or somewhat of a revenge game for him. Um, Harrison Barnes is no joke. They, they're on a three-game skid, so we're both kind of hitting, hitting the brick wall or both ran into some brick walls. They, they were kind of having some inter, internal things. Of course, they fired Luke Walton. Um, they're playing better without Luke Walton. De'Aaron Fox uh, has some comments um, to the media. He, he's not he has, he's not happy with how they played the last couple games, so they're kind of reeling too, but they, they can definitely beat us. Um, Troy, uh, almost said Troy Halliburton, but Tyrese Halliburton is a good guard. Davion Mitchell is a hell of a defender. He's a scrappy rookie. So it's going to be tough. They're going to throw a lot of guys at Bradley Bill. They got some guys that could defend Bradley Bill. Buddy Hill uh, can shoot the lights out, um, and they're an athletic team. They got some athlete. They got some athletes on the team. Terrence Davis is an athlete too. Marvin Bagley is an athlete. Um, so Rashawn Holmes is an athlete. Harrison Barnes is an athletic team. Is an athlete. De'Aaron Fox is an athlete. So this 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 could be a tough matchup. I'm not going to be surprised if we lose again. And if we, my bold prediction is actually that we won't get down by 20 points at any point in this game. And that's actually a sad, bold prediction because the Cavs game, we were down by 20 to 30 points. We were down by 20, 33 last night. Um, so that's my bold prediction, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're just going to play hard in the paint. Gafford cannot get in foul trouble. He should not be getting in foul trouble against Alex mm-hmm. Lynn. He should not be getting in foul trouble against Rashawn Holmes. So I'm looking right at Daniel Gafford. We're going to need a big game from Gaff to win because he should dominate Alex Lynn, in my opinion. I like Alex Lynn. He's a former Maryland guy. He's a former Wizard. But I think Daniel Gafford should dominate Alex Lynn in the paint. And also, this is, this is a good matchup between him and uh, Rashawn Holmes, too. So I'm looking at it from the big standpoint. This should be a better game for um, for Trez, too. I don't see a big man that has a whole bunch of post moves that's really going to hurt Montrez, in my opinion. So this will be a better game for him. Bradley Bill's got to step up. It is what it is on that. And um, Dinwiddie needs to come off the bench. I want to see Holiday start and push the pace. And uh, I hope Kuzma can play, but if he doesn't, we, we need KCP to step up. We need other we need other guys to step up. KCP has not played well either the last couple of games. So those are some individual things. But yeah, rebounding the ball, playing defense, um, knocking down open threes, and ball movement once again. So those are my keys to victory. But uh, uh, I'm looking for a big game from Daniel Gafford. Yeah, uh, I mean, my bold prediction: I'll say the Wizards win. <laughs> I think that I think that's a pretty bold prediction currently for the Wizards and their trajectory. So that's all we got for you guys. I want to thank you all for making Locked On Wizards your first listen each and every day. Now for your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Well, guys, hopefully after tomorrow we'll be coming at you guys with a late night dub. <laughs> right, yeah, we have, we have, it feels like we haven't done it in a while. I was pissed in this game, but hopefully, hopefully we can finish off with a dub tomorrow night. But thank you guys for listening. Health the Wizards. Thank you. Make sure you guys subscribe on YouTube. Peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.